Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, we're going to share a story about how God can use people we don't even know to impact us in unimaginable ways. You do not want to miss this story. And then I'm going to talk about how my cat, yes, my cat, changes my perspective on running and my time with God. And joining me to discuss those things and a whole lot more is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been good. What about you? It's been okay. Yeah? We'll talk about it in a second. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. so how hey, was I'm, it with Gay last week? Uh, it was a good, it was a, it was a gay story. Just so as of this point, I haven't heard it yet because it hasn't released till next week, but... Um, well, Gay's her, always fun to sit and talk about. She is. She's never at a loss for words. No, and her <laughs> her her faithfulness through everything she's been through has been just uh, so inspiring. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a number of folks who really I think here. I think that podcast gave her a shot in the arm. She texted me the other night talking about how she's she's going back through the 5K again, and and uh, good, good. Yeah, good, she's good. a she's a trooper for sure. I think she's a keeper. I think so. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep her around. Well, and it's not slowing down any either. This week, there's another really inspiring yeah. story this week. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. So uh, let's talk about this week's sponsor at Run for God. We like to do business with locally owned businesses when it's practical. Uh, and one source business products is one of those. Uh, they are Dalton's only locally owned office supply company. If you're looking for office supplies, furniture, printing, janitorial, custom forms, or stamps, they have you covered. And the prices are right. That's why they compare and you save. Give them a call at 706-516-3900. Or you don't have to be in Dalton to buy from them. You can buy online at onesourcebp.com. That's O-N-E-S-O-U-R-C-E-B-P. That's onesourcebusinessproducts.com. Um so yeah, Barry and all the crew down there at One Source—they're great people. I go to church with them. Uh, just a great group of uh, godly people. That's so awesome. use them if you can. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. That's in my room. <laughs> you you probably weren't even thinking about it when you came in, but I, and I want to talk about this out loud because one, I want to ridicule myself a little bit, but I also want to talk about this out loud because this is common. Mm -hmm. And I want people to learn something from this. So I've I've been back on running. You know, I took a couple years off. I was walking, doing the walking program. Loved that. And so this year I decided I was going to get back to running and, and do a marathon this fall. And uh, so... Went through the 5K challenge. Just I'm doing the same challenge as everybody else. Did the 5K challenge uh, just fine. Had a, a decent 5K time for me. Uh, got into the 10K. Started doing the workouts that we prescribe. Um, the workouts were going great. I've kind of joined up with you at the track a few times just to hold me accountable. You know, we need that. You mm -hmm. know, especially on those tempo runs 
and those interval workouts, it's good to have somebody there. And, and you've, you've been great about that. And, and I have hit everything almost dead on up until uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, we get to the track, and th- there was a series of circumstances that I should have made better preparations before we started. I didn't. Anyway, um, we're we're about what two miles into the run, two about two miles less, into, the, and yeah. I just stopped. Yeah, dead in my tracks, and I it was. I've told you. I feel like my legs are there, but my mind is not keeping up with my legs yet. And this goes to prove that this is a mind game because my legs were fine. Yeah. My legs were fine. My brain was not there, and I stopped, and basically I quit the workout. I mean, I'll just say it. I quit the workout, and you even said it. You're going to hate yourself tomorrow for this, (laughs) and you're right. You know, Dean's not one to mix words. And he will bust your chops when your chops need busting, which is why I have him around. That's why I go run with him. But what I realized is that I was dreading that workout from the moment I got up that morning Mm -hmm. all day. And when I got there and we started to run and it started to get hard, I'm convinced that my mind started affecting me physiologically. My heart rate started to increase. My breathing increased higher than it normally is. And I felt like I couldn't do it. Now, I know I could have done it. No doubt I could have done it. So I failed at that workout. But guess what? It didn't ruin my training. That's right. And it's so tempting at that moment to throw in the towel for all the training. I've done this enough to know, yeah, that that may affect my race next weekend by a second or two at the most. The, the, the number one thing that I want everybody to take from this is it didn't ruin my training, and I went back out the next day and ran. Mm-hmm. And I probably ran a little bit too fast the next day trying to make up for something, which you can't make up. You can't chase workouts. That's Don't true. even try. But the point is, don't give up. I I know this, and Dean, know, you know this too. Mm-hmm. You've had workouts where you feel like the whole world's closing in. It's so easy to throw in the towel at that point. And so I'm, all I'm saying by saying this, my, learn from my failure. Mm-hmm. I failed on Tuesday. I got back out. We're going to the track after this podcast, and I'm, you're going to make me do this interval workout that's coming up. Don't don't allow the devil to creep in and say, you can't do this. You're not good enough. Look, you failed. This this goes to so many other areas of our life. Your, your, your Bible in a year. You miss a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yep. Don't go back and try to chase it. Just start back that next day. And because consistency over time is the secret to big gains. Yep. It's not hitting every single workout perfectly. That's great if that can happen. But by far, the secret is that you get out there the next day and you do it again. Yep. And so, yeah. That's, that's I was kicking myself pretty hard the next day. You're yeah, right. Yeah. 
I was kicking myself 10 minutes later. I knew you would be. I was telling the track. I was I was complaining to poor Karen sitting on the stairs. I went down and sat beside her. I said, I just completely crumbled on that workout. She was looking at me like, why are you telling me all this? <laughs> well, what I think is important for people to understand is that in in your mind – you couldn't do it mm-hmm. in that moment, right? In the moment, yes. You couldn't do it. And so for so many people out there who are convinced in the moment you can't do it, it's okay. It's okay if you succumb to that occasionally. But you need to do what you did. Afterwards, you need to look back at that and go, I could have done that if I was stronger mentally. It's not that I couldn't do it physically. I just got to be stronger mentally because so many people are convinced because they felt so bad that I can't do it physically. Well, and the honesty is the most important part because even you after it was, you know, it was welcome to the South. We're 30 degrees one day and we were pushing 80 degrees that day. And you said, you know, it's kind of thick out here. That could have been some of your problem. And I wouldn't even let you do that. I said, no, that was not my problem, Dean. My problem was the six inches between my ears. Yeah. So yeah, that's good that's lesson. a good point is you gotta be honest with yourself. Yep. And if if you if something deep down inside of you says if you're upset with yourself the next day, that tells you all you need to know. It does. Yep. It's, it was it was you, not your legs. That's right. Well, along those same lines, this uh, Facebook post from this past week, uh, Anne Marie says didn't want to move today. Just stay in bed under the covers, nice, warm, and cozy, listening to Dean read the Bible in a year and word for the day. After some, after reading some inspirational posts, I knew I needed to get this body up and out training for my first 5K ever at 71 years old <laughs> with COPD and asthma. <laughs> What's your excuse? <laughs> yeah. Week five training. So you all know what happens next. Yes. God gave me the determination and strength and got me out that door for the work at workout periods. I actually ran for a, a minute and a half. What an awesome God we have for his glory and only his. I am able to achieve this goal. My plan initially was to walk this challenge, knowing my lung disease. But in training, I believe through him, all is possible and I will be a runner. Praise be to him. <laughs> Isn't that That's awesome. Awesome. 71 years old, asthma, COPD. Yep. Started thinking she was going to walk and is now determined to run. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in this. this that is awesome. That is so great. And the, the idea that um, if you think that there are people out there that aren't thinking that same thing that you're thinking about, sure is comfortable here where I am. Everybody does it. Mm-hmm. I do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I've run every day except one for the last <laughs> almost 12 years. And I still, to this day, there's days it's like, I just don't want to go out and run today. Mm-hmm. And you just got to just do it. Yeah. And uh, and it's funny how God will just God will just show up. He'll show up when you need him the most. And um, gosh, 71 years old, COPD <laughs> and asthma. And um, she's going to run her first 5K. Now I just know that there's going to be a a devotion submitted from Anne Marie after that first five k because there's more to that story than just what she put here. A hundred percent of the question for sure. Well, last week's trivia question was interesting. It was this: What is the world record for walking 
a 5K. I think you knew this. Mm-hmm. We had talked about it before. But the, the world record for walking a 5K is from Hatem Gula from Tunisia, 18 minutes and five seconds. That is a five minutes and 50 seconds per mile pace. That's walking. That's that's a minute and f- 50 seconds than I've ever ran a 5K. <laughs> Isn't that unbelievable? <laughs> yeah. Man. And the second best outdoor time is 1817, so it's 12 seconds slower. But, it, of course, indoors, there were six people in between those two times. I think what I think happens is I don't think they do the outdoor 5K very often. Um, most of the time when they do 5K, it's an indoor 5K. Outdoors, they typically go longer. Mm-hmm. In the Olympics, there's only two walking events. You have the 20K and the 50K. So the walking events are typically much longer than that. And I think that's why um, there's that big gap there. The female record is 2001 from Eleonora Giorgi from uh, Italy. Um, that's a 628 per mile pace. Wow. Uh, just amazing. And, of course, I looked at the, the top 25, both male and female, and there are no Americans on either side in the top 25. Um, I guess walking is just uh, competitive walking is not a really popular thing in the United States, which is interesting because walking in general is very popular in yeah. the United States. But it's not a not a popular sport. So um, very interesting. Uh and I kind of find it hard to watch competitive walking. I, I want to get up. I want to try to help them along. You know what I mean? It, it's so hard to keep under control. And it's why that, you know, the way that it works, it, 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 you can tell it's hard for them as well. So this is what um, Olympics.com says. Race walking is believed to have originated in the Victorian era, 1837 to 1901, when noblemen used to bet on their footmen who walked alongside their employers' horse-driven coaches for a winner. It came to be known as pedestrianism and made its way to the United States in the late 19th century. It caught on as a spectacle sport with participants walking nearly 1,000 kilometers in six days inside packed indoor arenas. It continued to fuel betting with wagers being placed on even which participant would drop out first. It was a real spectacle, Matthew Algeo, author of the book Pedestrianism, when Watching people walk was America's favorite spectator sport, told National Public Radio. There were brass bands playing songs. There were vendors selling pickled eggs and roasted chestnuts. It was a place to be seen. From a pastime, the activity was eventually formalized in England. Basic rules were established, and race walking was soon recognized as a sport for professionals. And those rules are this. The rules are that you have to have one foot on the ground at all times <clears throat> as as being seen by the, the naked eye. So you have to be able to tell mm-hmm. by your eye. <clears throat> Apparently, the eye is not fast enough. It is possible to have both feet on the ground and not be able to tell. Um, also, your leg has to be straight when it's planted, and it has to be straight when you're in the back. of. The, so your leg has to stay straight the whole time, which is why people look funny when they're doing it. Um, you know, when I was walking in, and I, I, I never got that second rule. I mean, I guess I don't understand why that second rule is there because what I found 
when I was walking a lot. I mean, I got pretty fast walking. Yeah. I didn't get near this fast, but what I found was that I could get a lot faster when I bent both knees. Yeah. And I don't understand why they don't, why they say that disqualifies you. Yeah. Because to me, the one foot on the ground is the definition of walking. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in general, that's the definition of walking. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it, it, feel, it feels like there's a big opportunity here. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does. You know, because we have never added a walking category to any of our races. Maybe that's something to think about long term down the road. You know, I don't know how you police that because obviously, not saying that, you know, it's going to be a chronic problem of cheating, but based on one foot on the ground, it, it's hard to cheat running because you it's go fast but with walking it's you got to have eyes out there to to make sure that nobody's because honestly it does it it when i was walking it feels good to take running breaks yeah um so and in these like places like the olympics and championship race walking you have people along the course and even the professionals the people who are really good at it that there's almost always you look at those results and there's almost always folks that get disqualified yeah because they have a hard time following the rule because it's just it's very uncomfortable yeah Yeah, it is is. and so uh what they do is the way that it works is they have a yellow paddle these officials have yellow paddles and so if you're coming by and you they saw that you broke the rules they hold the yellow paddle out in front of you so that you know that you did it if you get three yellow paddles then it's the red paddle and you're disqualified from the race Hmm. So uh, that's that's the way that works, which is I thought was interesting uh, because it's you would think professionals wouldn't have a you know wouldn't have a problem following rules, <laughs> but it's just that much of a uh, you're that close to the edge. Yeah, and all I don't. The time. I would if I had to guess, I wouldn't think they're breaking the rules intentionally. No, no, because it's you know in running, if things get uncomfortable, you slow down and it just messes your time up. But with walking, when you start to get uncomfortable, you're, the thing that you do to get relief actually makes you faster. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say it's a lot of times it's not intentional. Yeah. It's um, an, I'm sure sometimes it is, but it, it's, an, it's an interesting scenario, which is, I guess, what makes it kind of hard to, to judge or yeah. to to police yeah i don't think i could police but it. i did you know you you talked about um you find it hard no matter how fast someone walks you know they could be going faster if they ran but i want to push back on that a little bit do you think that that person who walked 1805 do you think that same person could run 1805 i would think so yes you do yes see i just i wonder if that's the case because they have trained their body to do something very specific. Yeah. And I just wonder if yeah. if they switch to running, if they would actually slow down at that level. Yeah, I don't know. For the average person, I would think you're absolutely right. But I just wonder at that well, elite level. I don't know. I would think for sure they can run run faster than that. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't. They wouldn't break into a run occasionally when they're trying to walk. Yeah. Um, if it weren't easier. 
Um, I don't know. That's an interesting question, though. And there are some people. No, who and are, I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking muscular or anything neuro. I'm thinking from a cardio standpoint. Yeah. I, I think you know a very fast walk and a run are very different cardiovascular wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know if it's a. I would say it's the same systems, but I think you're using it differently. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting. It is an interesting thought, though. We know people who, you know, are on the slower end, slower runners who who, walk faster. who literally can walk yeah. faster than they can they can run. Yeah, so. that's a real thing. But I just wonder at this yeah. level, if, yeah, if that yeah, is I don't know. The same. I, I would be interested. I need to research that. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. We need to check into it. As a Christian runner, you might find it hard to decide what to listen to while you run. If you are looking for positive and Christian music that will help you keep your pace, check out the Radioactive Station on the new J Radio. We'll take care of picking the music so that you can concentrate on your run. Plus, you can count on us to make sure that the music is uplifting and encouraging. Check out JRadio.com or download the app in your app store. But uh, we still need to hear other stories. So everybody out there has a story. So we need to hear yours. Um, and, and again, it's simple. Runforgod.com. Go in there. And it, it, we've, we ask you, that you know, you say share your story. And then we ask you questions to fill in some scripture references and questions. It's really simple. So, uh, but you got to write it. And that's not necessarily easy. A lot of people don't enjoy writing, but let me tell you this: if you write your story, and you're not a great writer, and you know you you got you miss some, you know quotation, I don't know, whatever, some punctuation and things like, don't worry about any of that. Don't worry about any of that. We will we'll we'll get it to the point where it it'll sound really good on when we when we read it. At least to us, it'll sound really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because we're not professionals either, but um, but yeah, don't don't worry about that. Yeah. Yep. Well, the high schools are beginning the track season, right? Oh you're, my gosh, Dean! You're headed out there today. I, I was just looking track. at it this morning. Track meet is an hour and fifteen minutes away. Yeah. Landon runs at four thirty for the mile. Yeah. Or the two mile, and then he runs the mile at six fifty, and then it's an hour. So we're basically. And I, I told Landon last night. I said, "Don't take this personally. This is just me having a problem with the system." <laughs> I said, we're going to basically be gone for six hours yeah. for 15 minutes of running. It's true. Now, I will do that because it's my son, and I will yeah. go anywhere yeah. to watch him run. But I'm convinced. And this is a dual meet. Yeah. Oh, it's, is it a dual meet? It's a oh, dual wow. meet. We could get this meet done. You and I, I have no doubt, we could get this meet over in two hours. Yeah. The whole thing, start to finish. Yeah. Field events all the way through the 4 by 4 100%. But I, I don't know. You will hear me complaining for the next six, seven weeks about watching paint dry. Well, at least at least the days are getting warmer. It's going to be nice out there. Actually, it might be a little warm out there for uh, maybe eighty-one degrees this afternoon. Eighty-one, and it's still February. That's crazy. Oh my goodness! That's so that everything can bloom and get green, and so we can kill it all. Like it's happening at my house. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. everything's blooming. 
But the good thing is, is as the days get warmer, the days get longer mm-hmm. as well. And so it gets it's a little bit easier to get in sure. your runs and things uh, when, when that happens. So that's cool. Um, I've noticed that the older that I get, the harder time I have with the extreme weather, both mm-hmm. extreme heat and extreme cold. I used to never care, but I think I'm becoming normal now. I think I was abnormal in the past. I think I just, my body really weathered extreme weather really easily. And now it's getting to the point where it doesn't do it as well. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm becoming normal <laughs> to some degree. I got a friend of mine who struggles so mightily in the heat. Like in a, let's say a 10K, I mean, his 10K time may, may be different by two minutes wow. based on a hot day versus a, a cold day. Uh, it's It's very, very interesting. I've never been that extreme have you ever run in some super super hot weather yeah i mean the time that sticks out in my head i had this crazy idea of this is back when i used to get into the weeds on water consumption and sweat loss and you know physiologic i i used to love to get down into the and one day i wanted to find out what my what is it called is it your sweat rate or your well, you figure up how much weight you lose yeah. while running. Yeah. And so I had this ingenious idea that it was about 103 degrees one afternoon. I mean, it was one of those scorcher, bad, dangerous. You shouldn't be out running. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to go out and run six miles and see how much weight I lose to yeah. see how much. Because I was thinking about water. And I think I was training for an Ironman at the time. And, you know, you get geeked out. And so I left here. It was like four in the afternoon, middle of the summer. It was over 100 degrees. I remember that. And I ran, I was going to run to Varnell School and back, which is six miles. And uh, I didn't have a shirt on. And I got to Varnell, Lindsey Metcalf's house. Yeah. Who used to be the mayor of Varnell before he passed away. And at the time, I didn't know Lindsey. But, I mean, I got there, and I realized I was in trouble. I, there was no making it back. And uh, so I'll never forget, I went up to Lindsay's door, and I knocked on it. And he come to the door, and here's this guy that he's never met, no shirt, completely dripping with sweat. I mean, I probably looked like I was about to die because I probably was. Anyway, <laughs> good Southern hospitality, invited me in his house, gave me something to drink. I, the reason I went to his house was so I could call Holly. Yeah. To come and get me. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, in three miles, I lost four pounds. Wow. Three miles, I lost four pounds. My goodness. But, yeah, I you, don't recommend that. That was. When the heat and humidity get, get so high that you, you it's almost like you, you can sweat, but there's no relief from it. Mm-mm. And, uh, you feel like you're suffocating. And, yeah, it makes, makes it really tough. And I've run in those conditions. And, yeah, I don't know how many times I've run in over 100 degree weather um had some you know i've had some situations too where i've had some mighty struggles and some crazy things that have happened um in some of those too but uh yeah and I, you're running super cold weather uh, yeah yeah i have probably nothing to that extreme yeah i i ran I, according to the people that were telling me they said we were in boys town nebraska and we were running a Nash, uh, Junior Olympics National Championship race, 18 inches of snow on the ground. It was like minus 6 degrees was the actual temperature. And they said the wind chill was minus 60. 
Yeah, never done that. And we were not even close. Can you imagine them running a race these days in weather like that? I just there's no way they they would run it. it. They They wouldn't wouldn't do do it. it, Yeah, but back then it was like races on. It's on the schedule. (laughs) I got so tickled the other day. We were down at the track. You know, if you've listened to this podcast very long, you know that we talk about this kind of thing. But we got to the track and the distance runners were there, and you were there, and I said, "Where's the track team?" And you said. Oh, it might rain. <laughs> and you started laughing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I look over and the tennis team is practicing with the track team. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's share this week's story. It is a good, even as a great title. Mm-hmm. It comes from Jerry Siegler, and it's called Then God Sent Bubba. You're going to do what? Those were my husband's words when I told him that God had called me to join the Run for God Couch to Marathon group. What about your severe foot pain and your back issues? You're not a runner. I said, I believe God wants me to do this. He knows my issues in detail. So, like Forrest Gump, I ran. 60 seconds, 20 minutes, 2 miles, 5K, and 10K. I never missed a workout. To my surprise, I was going strong. At the end of August, I developed a pain in my upper left hamstring just under the glute. It didn't feel great, but after one or two miles, the pain was tolerable. I was still running strong, gaining speed, and hitting my mileage goals. When I ran my first half marathon in October, I nailed it. Even though I experienced pain all the way, I finished second in my age group, which is 60+. plus. I felt the presence of a loving God who knew I would hurt. By Thanksgiving, runs were getting longer, training was becoming more difficult, and I developed sciatica on my right side. The relentless pain prevented sleep. I was up all hours of the night, roaming the house, seeking relief. My condition worsened, causing me to run slower with each passing week. My family and prayer warriors prayed fervently against what I believed was an attack by Satan. Massage, physical therapy, and the chiropractor cost me a small fortune. The pain on my left side was relentless. During my first 16-mile training run, I cried out to God with each step to ease the pain. Take it away. At the end of the run, I was sobbing and felt deflated. I decided to scale back on my long runs, breaking them into two days of back-to-back miles. That changed. Prayer and PT helped my sciatica to the point where I could at least sleep again. Seeing my struggle, my friends and family were deeply concerned. They encouraged me to wait until the following year so I had more time to heal and train. But I believed in a God who foreknew my pain and still called me to run in January. Finally, the Big Beach Marathon banner hung above me as I stood with the pack of runners. My husband encouraged me with a smile. I smiled back, not knowing what my time would be, but praying I wouldn't finish last. For the first eight miles, I stuck to my plan of running two miles and walking a quarter, but the pain became too intense and forced me to walk for another eight. I felt defeated. I searched for God. I needed divine intervention, and then God sent Bubba. Bubba was a sweeper. I knew what it meant to see a sweeper come up beside you. He said, if you want to finish on time, you have to pick up your pace. I walked faster, but that didn't satisfy him. That's still not enough. I realized 
I released a groan and started running, which wasn't much faster than my walk. On several occasions, Bubba ran ahead and brought back water and Gatorade from the stations. You can't stop, he said. Drink while you run. I'm I'm certain more liquid missed my mouth than made it inside. About three miles from the finish line, my right calf cramped. I took three steps and hit the ground hard. Bubba immediately massaged my calf and flexed my foot. He helped me up and ran ahead to return with a pack of mustard. The pain was excruciating as I wobbled into the home stretch. Bubba held my arm while I needed while when I needed it and encouraged me to keep going. He told me that stopping wouldn't make the pain go away. Neither will running, I thought to myself. I could barely lift my feet as I ran past the people cheering from the deck. Don't wave. Don't even look at them, Bubba says. Just run. Just keep running. Suddenly, Mitchell was beside me also. He saw the tremendous struggle and pain written on my face. He reminded me that God has a lesson through all of this. So, with Mitchell holding my hand and Bubba holding my arm, I finally see the banner. My husband joined me, took my hand, and guided me over the finish line. I collapsed in his arms as he told me how proud he was of me. When God leads us into service or obedience through life, he never promises to do everything for us or take away all of our struggles and pain. What he does promise is that through everything we face in life, he will be beside us all the way. He encourages, he strengthens, he upholds, and he loves. For whatever reason, God wanted me to train for a year and run this marathon. I believed I had to be faithful to his prompting and be obedient to his calling. As it turns out, I was the last person across the finish line within the time limit with eight seconds to spare. God didn't answer my plea to not finish last, but he showed me and taught me something much deeper in a way I hadn't expected. Because at the end of the Big Beach Marathon, God showed up to run beside me to strengthen, encourage, and uphold me through a man named Bubba. That's an awesome story. Well, we have a follow-up to that, too. So Jerry decided she was so thankful for Bubba Mm -hmm. that she contacted the people, the race organizers, and they sent her Bubba's number. Mm -hmm. And so this is the email she sent to Bubba. Bubba, I'm calling you that because you told me that was your name. Thank you for all you did for me during the Big Beach Marathon. I have a feeling that you went beyond the scope of your sweeper role to help me finish that race. I honestly know that I would not have finished without your help and encouragement. I want you to know how much your active, compassionate kindness meant to me. I have attached a copy of a story I submitted to the Run for God ministry. Dean, Run for God coach, and Mitchell, the man that ran with us the last two miles and ministry founder, will be sharing my story on an upcoming podcast. I have had the privilege to tell many people about you. Each time I share, not only am I touched again by what you did, but they are too. Often, there are tears from us all. Thank you again. Know that you have impacted not only my life, but others as well. And thank you for allowing me to contact you. May God continue to use you for his glory. And then his follow-up to her. Wow, this is really cool. I'm also happy to know that you're still alive. Here's a little secret. I prayed at the start that God would use me to help someone's dream of completing a marathon come true. 
I love the randomness of two people asking God for the same complimentary prayers at the same event. When I came across you at mile 17, and I distinctly remember when I met you, I knew you and I had a destiny to fulfill by the end of the day. I had already removed six people from the course, but when I met you, I knew you were going to finish. I never had a doubt. I didn't tell you this because I didn't want to distract you, but two weeks earlier, I qualified for the Boston Marathon. At mile 18, I started throwing up and couldn't eat gels. I started cramping and hurting everywhere. Two miles out, my toes and my right foot cramped, and I knew I couldn't stop, so I had to run through the pain. Afterwards, I rolled around on the ground for 30 minutes in the worst pain in my life. I kept telling you I knew your pain, and I kept telling you it was going to hurt whether you finished or not because I knew where you were. I was never worried for your health. If I thought you were going to hurt yourself, I would have told you to quit. What you felt was normal. It was your mind that had quit. Like I said, I never had a doubt in you finishing, and I was so happy to see you cross that finish line. I couldn't sleep for two to three days just thinking about it and being grateful I could help. Now, you didn't really finish last. I removed six people. They still haven't finished. And technically, you beat me. So, you accomplished all your goals. One question. You didn't seem to care if you finished. Like it was something that you didn't really care about one way or another. So, my question for you is, are you glad to have finished? Hmm. Unbelievable, right? I mean... That's that's hard to read. I mean, uh, Bubba is um, just the idea that he prayed for that before it before it happened, and for her to have gone through all she went through, and for God to have put all of that together, is just as incredible a story as I've heard. If you're out there listening, I'm sitting here thinking myself, and you ever wonder what this ministry is about that's it yeah in a nutshell that's why we do what we do and the fact that we get a front row seat to the to that back and forth between her and bubba i I mean i just i sit here and i pinch myself yeah thinking how how did how did we get to be part of this and I don't know. Yeah, that just that blows me away. And a lot of people will look at this and they'll go, you know, most people would would have quit for sure. And um and she didn't. Through all of this, she didn't quit. And you wonder I was watching The Chosen here recently, and one of the things that really struck Debbie and I as we were watching it was when Jesus said, "Are you ready to do hard things?" Mm-hmm. And that's this is why you do hard things Mm -hmm. this story is incredible and it's only incredible because she did the hard things and she she did something that most people would never even think to do and and in the end god has been glorified in this story Mm -hmm. because she ran through sleepless nights i mean she did stuff that Normal people don't do, mm. uh, and that's what God calls us to do is extraordinary thing. Yeah, and I mean, you, 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 gosh, this is so. I mean, 
<laughs> and they're on my calendar. You know, I I tell you that everybody knows where I post my workouts. They're they're on my mirror so that I look at them every day. I, I'm just going to say what I wrote on Tuesday's workout because I, I, I put an X. I'm just one of these visual calendar people. I wrote you pansy <laughs> on Tuesday. You can go in there and look at it right now. Because there was no excuse that I didn't finish it. Finish that workout. I learned something. But I was beside Jerry. She there was a time where we were literally holding her up. Yeah. And she she's inspiring me through this story. Yeah. And that's what is so cool is you know, we tell people, teach a class, you're going to learn far more than the students. And this is just another example of what 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 excuse do I have? I have no excuse. And Jerry, just know that mm, the next time my workout gets hard, which may be two hours from now, I'm going to have your face in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what this club is all about because mm-hmm. – it's it we're doing hard things yeah i i remember jesus saying that in the chosen are you ready to do hard things that's what i've tell my kids is do hard things because the more we do it yes we may fail at times but the more you do it the more you do it by the time you get some time down the road that thing that was hard three months ago is now easy and that's where growth comes from and man jerry gets it and kudos to her and to Bubba. I mean, who? I mean, I I, I got to talk to Bubba. when Bubba told me his name. I was like, "Are you are you are you being serious?" I I couldn't tell. Yeah, you know, Bubba was out there on the course with her. I think he was kind of skeptical of me at first because he didn't know who I was. Right, I was just somebody coming up. I ran back out to to run in with Jerry, but to hear that he prayed before the race. I mean, we can't make this stuff up. No, it's. No. I don't know. I'm rambling, but it's just it. Well, it's just it's, incredible. It, it's it, God has a story like this for all of us. If we'll, now, everybody's story is different. So, like, I ran this same race, right? And, and my story, you know, is is a lot different mm-hmm. than Jerry's story. Mm-hmm. But there, there's a story in in my race too. There's a story in everybody from Run for God who went and ran that race that day. There's there's a God story in every one of them. Sure. And um, but you have to be willing to get out there and do it and mm-hmm. do something hard and um, do hard things, do hard things. Hebrews thirteen five, I will never leave you or forsake you. And she follows that with the Lord himself goes before me and is with me. He called me to do a hard thing. He did not call me and then sit back and watch me figure it out on my own. He provided help, encouragement, strength, stamina, mentors, uh, steadfast support of family. And in the end, a stranger named Bubba. <laughs> and that's just a, Again, can't make it up. No, can't make it up. This is it's so important that. When God sends us, God, you know, she was convinced that God had God had told her, I want you to do this couch the marathon thing. She knew how difficult it was going to be. She mm-hmm. knew it was going to be crazy, crazy hard. And she faced it and said, okay, God, if you say so, 
I'll do it. And she did it. She's she's Peter getting out of the boat. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's doing a, a something that is just people just don't do. And, um, and and again, in the end, this huge story. And but God sent her somebody. She mentioned several things, and I'm sure there were many others she didn't share in here. And in the end, she needed that one last person to get her across that finish line, and it was Bubba. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, <laughs> Little did she know he had prayed to have that exact opportunity. It makes me want to go volunteer to be a sweeper yeah. in a race because, that, I mean, we've said it before. We, it's, it's why we keep our finish line roaring until the very last person because you're right. The people up front have a story. But the stories that really make an impact are those back there who everybody would understand if they mailed it in, but they didn't. And, man, it just, yeah, this is one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. I think about, <clears throat> this kind of came to my mind, is that God, God, when God puts us, to, gives us something to do, he does push us out. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to do it. He wants us to take those steps of faith in front of him. But he's there in case it falters. I remember the first time my oldest son, I, I went and dropped him off at school after he'd been at school for like a week. He's only a week into to, to his first schooling he'd ever been to. And I remember I went and dropped him off. And I went to the classroom with him. And I remember watching him. He walks in the classroom. And it's like he owns the place. He walks in. He starts taking these chairs. He's the first one there. He starts taking the chairs off of the desk. It's obviously something that they do every day. And he was being helpful, and he was kind of kind of taking charge of what was going on. And I remember looking at him and thinking, I was so proud of him, you know, for just for getting out there and getting involved. But he knows he's got the teacher to help him mm-hmm. with a lot of those things. But he also has mom and dad a phone call away right down the road who can come and be there for him anytime we need him. And I think that's the way God is. God loves to watch us do that stuff, like taking those chairs off those desks, um, but he wants to watch us do it. He doesn't want to do it for us. He wants us to do it. He wants us to take those those steps and do those things, but he's there when we need him. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about so many times how our relationship is – with God is like our relationship with our boys. Yeah. You got boys, I got boys. And the way I describe it to, to Lane and Landon, and I've had this conversation more with Lane lately because he's, you know, he's 20 years old now. He's at college and, you know, he's still living here, but we've kind of pulled back. And I, and I explain it in that, you know, in, in our house, until you're 18, I've kind of got a, a leash. And I'm, I'm, I'm guiding with a little bit more forceful hand because I'm the parent, you're the child, you're my responsibility, and it's my responsibility to teach you, for lack of better terms, how to drive the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the car with you, and I'm I'm showing you this and showing you that. And But with Lane, he's kind of moved on to that stage of, I'm now the guardrails. Yeah. Not in the car anymore. You know, I'm... I'm there to help, hopefully help you not hit the ditch. Yeah. But I'm going to let you swerve. 
Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you bump into that person. I, all I have is the guardrails up right now, and I know there's coming a time where the guardrails are gone. And I think I think that's how our progression and our walk with Christ is is the same way. The only difference with God is I don't think the guardrails are ever gone. Yeah, he's he's always gonna Now, can we jump the guardrail? Yeah, yeah, and and he'll allow that. But he's always there. He gives us a destination to go, and he's always got those guardrails up helping us, not doing it for us. And I think that's where some people get frustrated is they want God to to do these things, or they want God to take away the speed checks or the speed bumps or whatever you know analogy you want to throw out there, but he's not. Yeah. He He's just guardrails. Yeah. And uh, – I don't know. This this story really just kind of has me speechless. <laughs> Second Corinthians nine eight. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. She says, You just heard my story. You know I was in pain, but God provided in every step of the journey. He's it started with a sixty second run and continued across the big beach finish line. I ran to glorify God. My walk with God deepened as I relied on him to carry me through the difficult days of training. I was able to share my journey with a fantastic group of ladies who prayed faithfully. They, in turn, shared with others. God provided the courage to start the journey, and he provided for every need as I finished the journey. His grace overwhelms. Hmm. I noticed that it says... God is able to bless you abundantly, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to. Um, and if you read the verses after this one, you, you, you see a picture of how God gives. He gives us according to our attitude towards him. Um, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. Um, he, God, God want, he wants to bless us. Not only can he and is able to, but he wants to, but he also wants us to do what Jerry did. He wants mm-hmm. us to take those steps along that journey that he has planned out for us. And um, yeah, he, he, he doesn't do it again because he has to. Um, Jerry, was, she didn't have to do what she did. She could have, she could have hung it up at any moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the honestly, I'm thinking literally 99 out of 100 people would have quit when she was up at night because she couldn't sleep with that sciatica. Mm -hmm. I mean, 99 out of 100, Mm -hmm. no question about it. But she was that faithful. And I believe in in her story and why this story is so fantastic and so unbelievable and why God sent a man like Bubba to finish this story off is because of her, it, it, it's in proportion to her faith. The story is incredible because her faith was absolutely incredible. She makes me think of James 1. I just flipped to James 1 to mm-hmm. consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because knowing, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking, not lacking anything. She, that her journey is a picture of James one two, and we we think that God gives us these um, trials. We think that He gives us 
these trials kind of on spiritual terms, like like spiritual trials. But I'm convinced God gives us all kind of um, signing up for a marathon. I have no, I mean, she said it, and I take care of what she said. God told her to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't think about does God really call us to to run a marathon? If He thinks we're going to learn something through it, absolutely, mm-hmm. He will. And man, it's just yeah. Again, I just it's it's hard to put into words what I'm thinking about this right now. But it's there's there's so many things to be learned from Jerry's story that I'm learning right now. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that that I learned in looking at this story and reading through it again and you, do you notice in here that she doesn't say anywhere in this story that she wanted to quit hmm. she doesn't mention that but she did oh yeah and we sure. know that and she talked about that but she doesn't mention that in the story and i think that's because she was so single-minded focused on i, I want to do this thing and when it did get to the point where she was ready to hang it up, God sent somebody to remind her why she did it, why she started it to start with. Mm-hmm. And that's all she needed because she had steeled her mind to the fact that I'm going to cross that finish line because God told me I could. Mm-hmm. And she did everything she could, and then God helped her with the rest. And she says in the end her relationship was deepened um, through all of this. As hard as it was, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's she today. She's like it's totally worth all that pain mm-hmm. to just to have that better relationship with Christ. Acts seventeen twenty eight. In Him we live and move and have our being. She says our Lord not only holds us together physically but also spiritually. He has the power to propel those He calls to cross the finish line, rejoicing in victory. Paul here is preaching to uh, to unbelievers, right? He's explaining that all we are is given to us by God, and therefore we should honor him with all he has given us. And that's why I, I point out that that's why I run. I run. My, my biggest reason for running is I feel like God gave me that as a gift, and that if I don't use it, then I'm – squandering something that God gave me. And so I feel obligated to do it uh, to, to, to glorify him for that reason, mm-hmm. because he was, he gave it to me. Um, and you know, she mentions God can propel us to whatever he wants. Uh, and I think that God has a victory in store for all of us. If we'll just give it all to him. And that's what she did here. She said she went all in, I mean, she pushed every chip she had in the middle of that table uh, and went in. It was uh, what an incredible story. Question, why did God call me to run? And she says, I don't know why. I have not fallen in love with running. Even after a year, I know that God called me to run. I may never know why this side of heaven. Maybe it was to test my obedience, in which case I passed that test. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Because a lot of times you get people who, you know, on the other end, they're like, yeah, I, I really i have grown to love running. And she's like, um, you know, she's not not had that thought that she she loves running. And 
maybe she i guess she's not gonna run anymore maybe she'll maybe that she was won't. that's what i'm sitting here wondering yeah is I'm, she gonna I mean, i'm we're not casting no. aspersions either way yeah. now, but, I, I hope she'll be physically active yeah but whatever that looks like sure but um yeah i, I think that's fascinating normally <laughs> i'll what, be honest at the end of the marathon I had a very clear sense that she was never running another step. Yeah. Just from hearing her talk. But we all know how that is. You know? Right. I'm never finishing. I'm never doing another marathon all the way to you get the finish line. And it's, oh, look, there's a registration for another marathon. <laughs> so I would love to see Jerry back. I mean, her story, uh, I think this story is going to live on for a long time in the Run, run for God circles. Um, so... I would love to see you continue, Jerry. But yeah, if you sure. don't, then follow, follow where God's leading you. Yeah, you know what? what's great about this story is if you just made up a story, you know, you just came up with some fictional story. Mm-hmm. I don't know you could do any better. You mm-hmm. couldn't come up with you couldn't come up with something off the top of your head that was any better than this story. Then a uh, guy named Bubba. Then a, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, uh, man. Oh man. Um, I think we it, need to give Bubba a free entry to the Run for God 5K in April. For sure. Get him up here. Yeah. So um, why, why, why do you think God, God is using somebody who even at the end says, I really don't like that thing that I was just doing? I mean, I just think that's fascinating that God will use us in ways that are so anti what because because if somebody was to write that story like i was talking about we're gonna we're gonna write a story you're not gonna write a story that talks about somebody doing something they don't enjoy doing right that's where you get your passion from normally is because i love to do that thing but it's not where her passion came from but to hear so many people tried to encourage her to stop she she didn't fall in love with it and friends and family were encouraging her to stop and finish it later, man, there was something deep inside of Jerry that was really driving her. And that, and that something was the Holy Spirit. I mean, she... She made a promise to God. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Another question. What have I learned during this journey? She says, I learned that my plan is not God's plan. My plan would have been free of pain and full of getting faster and stronger. God brought me pain slowed me down, and made me fully rely on him for every mile I ran. He provided help in many ways, praying friends and family, a dear friend surprising me on a training run with a sign of encouragement, water, and even shaking pom-poms, mentors, worship music, and in the end, God provided Bubba. How many times do we need to see God working in a non-standard situation before we understand that God is a non-standard God? That God doesn't do things the way we think that God should do things. Um, and this is just a great example of that. Um, you know, she talks about how her plan would have created a much easier path. Well, we, we would all do that, mm-hmm. right? Well, we wouldn't have this story. Right. That's exactly right. If mm-hmm. this path were easy, this story wouldn't be anything like what it I is. I kind of have to think... Jerry may email us and say I'm wrong. I kind of think she's going to keep running. Because rest assured, the next 5K she does, it's going to be like a cakewalk. Yes. After what she's been through, everything else in the running arena, short of a marathon, she's going to have a completely different perspective on. 
because she's going to have that to fall back on. When yeah. that 5K training gets hard, she's going to look back at this story and say, huh, that's nothing. So I kind of think she's – We're. I'm speculating here. I kind of think she's going to keep running. Yeah. I hope she does. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> I think it's interesting that we can't help but think about Job, mm. right? And the reason we know Job's name today – I mean, well, you have to wonder why did God put Job through all of that stuff or allow all that stuff to happen to Job? And the reason was for the story. Think about, I mean, I'm sitting here going through every character in the Bible. Yeah. Think about them. Yeah. All of them had, the the reason we know them is because of the things they overcame. Yeah. Paul, Silas, um, David, I mean... <laughs> It, it's because God allowed difficulties of many kinds into their lives. And that's that's what we learn to lean on God. We talk about it so much. It's, you know, it, it's strength is made doing hard things. You don't, you don't get big muscles by lifting light weight. You get big muscles by doing hard things. You don't get fast by doing easy runs. You get fast by doing those hard, those tempo runs that I right. despise with a passion, and mm. I completely failed at last week. But guess what? Next week I'm going to do it again because I can look back on that failure of a workout last week and and think, Lord willing, I'll never let that happen again. Now, will mm. it happen again? It's very likely. But but I I learned these lessons, and man, Jerry learned a wealth of lessons. About her walk with Christ, not about running. And that's the that's the thing that is so cool, is everything about Jerry's story has running attached to it, but it has nothing to do with running. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with our walk with Christ. You know, I, the, the, the parallels between what she went through and what Job went through just keep running through my head. And I, I, <clears throat> I wonder this. Job, at any point, could have given in to all his friends that came to his side and said, "You need to, you need to curse God and just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's over for you." But he never did. He kept staying strong. She did the same thing. Mm-hmm. She had people telling her to quit. She kept she kept going. Um, I wonder how many times people have yielded to their friends' advice mm-hmm. and missed out on a story like this one. You know what's happened. We wouldn't know who Job was. We wouldn't know anything about Job's story today if he would have just given up, right? We wouldn't know anything about Jerry's story if she'd have just given up. She never would have. She wouldn't have told us what was going on and how she. We wouldn't know it, hmm. but we know it, and it's grand and it's fabulous, and it helps. It's going to help so many people because she was willing to get to the end of the story. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, did did you ever read Lane's white paper? Did I didn't. He, he said in there something that really is coming back to me right now, and it parallels exactly with what Jerry says here, or what Jerry went through here. He talked about, you know, Lane is a he's a professional triathlete at this point, and he's at that stage where it's just, it's very hard. Not only the training. I mean, that he's been dealing with the training. For his whole life but he talks in that white paper about how he 
he doesn't understand why so many people give up on their dream because everybody says it's time to move on. Mm. And this is really resonating with me right now. He said, you know, Lane is kind of at that point right now in college. It's time to start thinking about career. And he's getting the sense from everybody. He doesn't get it from me or his mom, but that it's 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 time to move on. But mm. Lane has this deep down conviction that this is what God has him doing right now. Yeah. And he's even said, if God tells me to lay it down, I'll lay it down tomorrow. But right now this is what God has me doing. He Lane in some way in his mind, he sees something that God's gonna do with this. I can't necessarily see it. No really nobody can can see it. Because it's what God's put I couldn't see it with Jerry. Yeah. You know, but Jerry knew deep down this is and I'm not gonna succumb to what others are saying. I'm not gonna succumb because it's hard. And 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 Lane is so right. What he said that he is sensing and that he sees others do, you know, it's you're in college, it's time to move on. And you see so many people leave the sport, but Lane's sticking with it, and something inside of him is is doing that. And I think it's the same exact thing that held Jerry to it. Yeah. I mean, Lane has had a crummy couple years. Yeah. Jerry had her early on training, just like Lane's, was great. And then yep. she hit that rough patch. But guess what? She pushed through it. And we have a story to tell as a result of it now. And so, I, yeah, that's. You have to wonder what the end of Lane's Society story will say, move on. Yeah. Society was telling Jerry, move on. This ain't this ain't for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a. That's a deep conviction of the Holy Spirit that we don't need to let go of. Yeah. You know, mm. we were kind of at that point in May of 2020 around here. Yeah. COVID's shutting us down. We need to close the doors and go home. But we got around the table and we said, God's not done with this yet. Yeah. Everything is telling us. Everything externally is saying, you're done. But. We serve a bigger God than that. Yes, we do. And yes, we do. Which brings me to my final question, she says. How can I be a Bubba to others? She follows by saying, I don't know what Bubba did. I don't know if what Bubba did for me is typical for a sweeper during a race. I don't think it was. <laughs> no. He could have told me I wasn't going to make it to the finish line within the time limit, called a car, and sent me on my way without a second thought. Instead, he invested in my success. He ensured my success. My hope is that I can show the same compassion and patience to others I encounter. Mm. Definitely not the norm. That is for sure not the norm. And this is the big question is what can we do to be a Bubba for others? What can we do to help other people? We're, I think we're all called in some way to help others across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And that finish line isn't a running finish line necessarily. Mm-hmm. It might be for me, but for other people, you know, it's it's getting them to the end of a project at work. Mm-hmm. It's getting them over um, a, a, a 
tragic thing that happened in their life with the loss of a loved one or a divorce or a fire in a house or it, it could be anything of helping somebody get to the end of a hard thing um, I, I believe we're all called to do that mm-hmm. in some way and we just have to find it and in this case what's interesting about this one is that Bubba prayed very specifically for this to happen and it happened God answered his prayer and that is so awesome to see. But what is even, I mean, gosh, we can go on and on with this story. What has this story, how is it going to change Bubba's life? Oh, yeah. That, and the ripple effect, I mean, there is so many ripples going out from this one story that it's, you, we'll never know where these ripples stop. That's on right. this side of glory that's right one day we will that's right and it'll be awesome to see but yeah. um yeah and so if you're kind of as we wrap up jerry's story we've got a lot of people out there right now that are six seven eight weeks into the marathon challenge read this story keep yeah. keep this story close by either on your playlist or or whatever and when things get tough Go back and listen to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It is. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it. With the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you're participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at www.runforgod.com. Jerry's story. story. I mean, yeah, it is. It's 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 it's. Um, what do you do daily? Like you, you're having a hard time getting out the door to run. You're like, ah, I just don't feel like doing it today. What do you have a like a go-to thing that seems to help get you going? I, I think I try to set myself up the day before, just like with that tempo run. I, I knew that tempo was going to run was going to be hard, and I still failed at it. But what I did that day, if if you'll noticed. If you'll notice, I, I asked you to be there, which mm-hmm. was one form of accountability. Mm-hmm. And then I did it knowing that when it was going to get hard, the high school team was going to be showing up. Yeah. And sometimes even that isn't enough. But I always try to do things. It's kind of like the the running the out and backs. You know, if yeah. you're going to struggle with an eight-mile run, run out four. Because yeah. And so I always try to do things like that. It may seem a little gimmicky, but but what the hell? you you, you need to do things that will set you up for success when success is there to be had. Yeah. Um, because we can talk ourselves out of anything. Yeah. But and and with you there and with the high school team sitting there watching me go down in the blaze of glory, I still went down. <laughs> um, but 
that's what I do. I yeah, try to. That's a good way to put it. I, you know, I just like the idea of checking things off. You know, I said I would do it, so I do it. I have it and on my mirror. Yeah, and that's a. It's that's, a physical check. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The other thing too, and this applies to all of us, is that um, we know that it's good for us. Mm-hmm. So I think that ought to be a pretty good motivator. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that should be a motivator too for us for our diet and other mm-hmm. things as well. Um, to keep us keep us on track for where we want to be um, you know i've been sick now for a few weeks mm-hmm. um, nothing terrible but i've got this cough and it just won't go away and it's probably been three weeks i've never had a cough for a week in my whole life and all of a sudden i've got this cough it's hanging on and i don't know what's going on i'm about tired of it mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm getting out there and running every day. It's hard because mm-hmm. it's a little bit in my respiratory system, and I can feel it. And it's harder running than normal, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm still getting out there. I'm still getting it done because that's what I do. And I'll be glad that I did when we get to the other side of it, and and I feel better. So, um, the other thing too that I think is a good motivator sometimes uh, for some people, especially some people struggle to find their quiet time. Mm-hmm. Well, think about running as as your quiet time, or you don't want that to be your exclusively your quiet time. But think about it as a supplement to it, because mm-hmm. um, it really is can be very good quiet time. I remember I ran in the day, in the day when there were no uh, there was no stuff to listen to, and I mean you just it's all it was. Running was going out and running. You didn't even have a GPS watch to to tell you how far you went, and. Um, you know, in some ways, it was better then. Mm-hmm. See, I still don't listen to anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a million things out there that you can you can do, um, but see, I found it easier to do that. I could do that when I was walking, but for whatever yeah. reason, with running, I just can't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know why that is. If I'm walking, I was listening to to books and podcasts and everything, but with running, I just somehow it's different i don't know if i can't focus as good yeah and i want to focus on what i'm listening to but uh, yeah 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 lots of options out there um so it is time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith you guys have a dog and a cat mm-hmm. of course so do we and i'm going to talk about them today this one is called charlie the cat Two-thirds of all U.S. households own pets. The most plentiful pet is the aquarium fish with 139 million of them nationwide. We have a couple of those with two enormous fish that are about 15 years old and well over 20 years old, respectively. We also have a dog named Flojo. Of all the homes that have pets, 75% of them own dogs. Of course, ours is the best. But I want to talk about the next most popular pet. A little over half the homes with pets have cats. Ours is named Charlie. Charlie is 12 years old and is set in her ways, as you can imagine. And there's one thing she loves to do that gives me a chance to practice something I don't always like to do. Every night, she will rest right next to the place I usually sit on the couch. She waits for me to sit down. As soon as I do, it will take no longer than three seconds for her to be in my lap. She gets her lap time almost every night. If I'm not home, she will sit and look at my spot on the couch, seemingly waiting for me to come home and sit down. She loves her lap time. Sometimes 
I'm not a fan of lap, lap time. I have things to do, and I don't really want to sit still for 10 minutes while she purrs in my lap and I get nothing done. At least that's what's going through my head. But here's the thing. I am getting something done. Charlie looks forward to that time all day long. It would seem that it is her second favorite time of the day, right after snack time. Even though it doesn't feel like I'm accomplishing something, I really am. I have to do the same thing with my running. There are two different ways I have to adjust and realize that even when it feels like I'm not doing any good, I really am. First, there are days when I don't feel like running. I'm tired and worn out and running is one of the last things I want in the moment. But I go run anyway. As hard as it can be, I never regret it. It may feel like I'm not doing myself any good, but I am. Second, sometimes my body is telling me I need to slow down. I have a certain pace range I like to run when I take to the road. But there are days when that pace feels way too fast, way too taxing on my body. All I have to do is slow down, but that's easier said than done. We can become slaves to the watch, and as soon as we notice our pace is 10 seconds slower than normal, our body wants to speed up. So, I turn my watch off. If I don't know how fast I'm running, I won't be enticed to try to run faster. It provides just the rest my body needs. It may feel like I'm not doing myself any good, but I am. Listening to your body is important, but you can take it too far. I don't need a day off. I just need to take it really easy for a day or two and everything will be fine. Please realize that I'm not suggesting everyone should run every day. I am definitely not saying that. I have built up many years of miles that has tempered my body to feel like it is normal. I know my limits, but sometimes my body is trying to force my brain to think I should do less. Why? Because my brain is trying to protect me, and that's a good thing. But many people give in to the temptation to take an extra day off way too easily. If that's you, ask yourself, is your brain just trying to guide you down the easy road? By the same token, there are people on the other end of the spectrum. If it's on the schedule, it must be done. And that's not true either. I guess what I'm saying is that it's important to take a step back and reason with yourself. Do you really need to modify what you're doing or... Are you just taking the easier road? It is not always black and white. There will be days when it's a tough decision. When it is hard to decide, I like to fall on the side of doing something. Even if it's not what I plan to do. Um, I can remember many times when I didn't feel like running, but I laced my shoes up anyway and found that I felt way better than I thought I would. Maybe the best way to look at it is this. If you don't have an injury, go do it. If you're just tired, Go do it. While it's important to listen to your body, you have to interpret what it is telling you before you heed its advice. It is also important to spend time with God every day. Sure, there'll be days when it seems like you don't have time, but that's just the evil one trying to convince you it is not important. There may be times when my run doesn't feel like it do, does me any good. Likewise, there are times when your prayers and Bible study will feel forced and it doesn't yield results, but do it anyway. Because the truth is that it is good for you, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. We could talk about all the reasons why, but you know them. Don't let your brain and Satan talk you into complacency. You'll regret it if you do. Charlie the cat makes me slow down and realize that sometimes I need to do the things I don't feel like doing. In her case, it's good for her. 
But in the case of my running, I know following through is good for me. And in the case of my one-on-one time with God, I'm convinced that it is always the right thing to do to make time for God. His time should be the priority. And even on those days when it feels forced, God is working on us and loves to see our faithfulness. And I just know my Heavenly Father is going to reward me. (laughs) It's a great story, Dean. Learn a lot from our pets, can't we? Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, I thought about it. It, was not, it wasn't too long ago. I, I get really I get really frustrated with her when she gets down in my lap and I'm like, I got something I need to be doing. And sometimes I have to put, I have to force her out because I really, really have to get something done. But then I got to thinking something that you say all the time. You got to find a time to do nothing. Yeah. And in that time to do nothing for me she's getting something that she just cherishes mm-hmm. right i'm frustrated by it and then at this on the other end of that and this goes to human humans as well sometimes mm-hmm. we get frustrated with somebody who's in our life when that person is really looking forward to that time mm-hmm. and so uh being a little more patient with it i think is good for all of us right patience and compassion yeah yeah um but yeah we, we we've got to find time with with God, with to, to find time to, to have time with God, you know, I, I see people who, um, you know, they they always find a way to make it to work. Doesn't matter how sick they are, they they always go to work. I was that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm I, I'm going, and then some of those people, those same people who are so focused on getting to work, no matter what, don't go to church on the weekend when something else comes up. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not throwing stones at anybody, but I am saying if you work that hard to make sure that you can go to work, you should probably do the same thing with your time with God and with 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 going just going to church, because sometimes um, you'll find. Now I'm not saying you should never miss church. Please mm-hmm. don't hear me say that. that's not what I'm saying because there are things that you need to do. Next weekend I'm going to be out of town um, at a, at a race. It's out of town. I. I that's where I have to be. So mm-hmm. um, there are times to miss church. But you should want to be there. Mm-hmm. You should want to be it there. It should be a void when you're not there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when it comes to running, I think, um, you know, some people are like that. They Any excuse to miss a workout, you know, oh, it's too hot. Oh, <laughs> it's raining. Oh, it, you know, whatever. It might rain. Well, yeah, it might rain. Yeah. <laughs> what, whatever the excuse might be, you know. And uh, we got to be careful not to allow ourselves to do that. We have to do what Jerry did. Yeah. Get it in no matter how hard it is. I mean, some of us don't get a run in because it might rain. Meanwhile, Jerry can't sleep at night mm-hmm. and she's getting her runs mm-hmm. in. Right. I mean, what is that teaching us? Right. We should we should uh, figure out a way to get it done. So, um, yeah, when, when you're convinced that the run, because there are times I go out, and there are, t- there are times when I probably run, I probably run 10-minute pace because I just, I'm just, I just don't feel like it. I'm so sore or whatever, and that's okay. It, I, am I doing myself any good physically? Maybe not. I mean, based on what I normally do, that may not really do me any physical good, but it does me a lot of mental good. Mm-hmm. To know I got out there and got it done anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's not just about the physical side, it's about the mental side, right? Mm-hmm. 
All right, every week I share a reason why running or walking is so awesome. And this is why this time. There is no off-season. You know, every other sport has several months where there's a window of time where there, there is nothing going on. Um, now, they may be training in the side. They may be doing other things. But there's really nothing going on. But running basically goes from one season to the next and never really stops. And uh, I think that's cool. So, um, it it's... Some you know some sports you can't participate in when it's cold, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, some sports you can't do, but you can do running mm-hmm. anytime. So I like there's no off season in running. Well, this weekend we had the oldest record in track and field was broken, which I think is cool. Um, it was set in 1981 or 82. Um, it was the indoor 400 meters for women. Femke Bowl from the Netherlands broke the record. The The lady who held the record for all that time was Yarmila Kratikvilova. I have a hard time saying her name. Um, and she's got another record that's super old, too, that she set in 1983 for the outdoor 800 meters. And there's only two people that ever come within a minute of that record. She's run 153 outdoors. So it's uh, really interesting. She's also one of only two people to ever run under 48 seconds for the 400 meters outdoors. Now, um, um, she she claims there was nothing going on at the time. But if you look at a picture of uh, Yarmila... Um, I have some questions mm-hmm. about how she was able to run that. Well, fast and back didn't then. the the Czechoslovakia team yes. as a whole got in some they, hot water? They for did doping back then. They um, did, and so you have to wonder if she was involved in that. Now she maintains her innocence, yeah. and so I'm not saying she did, she didn't. I'm just um, the the record is incredible how fast it is. So um, yeah, it's interesting. Some people think that her record will last a hundred years. I mean, that, that's how fast it is. So we'll have to see. But it was good to see that, that Bowl broke one of her records. It's always good to see people getting faster. But another interesting thing that happened this weekend in the world of professional running, I know we don't share that much about professional running these days, but this one was interesting for a, a reason. I want to share it. At the World Cross Country Championships, which I think is the most pure event in the world. I mean, it is so – it doesn't matter the weather. It doesn't – this this race is just all guts all the time and the women's race was crazy so latessin bet gaday of ethiopia um, is running this race and she takes the lead in this race she pulls away from the pack with 1200 meters to go well by the time she got to about 400 meters to go you could tell she was slowing a little bit and the woman in second place from kenya was gaining on her a little bit and then over the last, there was a downhill section of about 150 meters or so. And you, she was coming hard. At, and G'day seemed to be really struggling to get to the finish line. Well, as soon as the Kenyan girl passes G'day at about 50 meters left in the race, she just goes down like a sack of potatoes. I mean, her legs just buckle. She goes down. And I think she was focused on the finish line. And when somebody ran by her, it, it startled her. Everything gave up, and boom, she just hit the ground. I mean, it was incredible to watch hmm. how she just – her body just quit working. And her coach came out there. She wound up being disqualified because her coach came out there because she's one of the best runners in the entire world. Yeah. Um, and so I bring this up for this reason because I think that sometimes we think that some people just – it's so easy for some people. 
This is the best, per, arguably the best female runner on the planet who just didn't finish a race because she collapsed before she got to the finish line. And if you're out there and you're struggling and something crazy is happening, it's not unusual. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. Don't don't freak out. Don't, you know, I, I guarantee you she's going to get up and she's going to run her next race and she's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we should all look at it, right? Um, don't don't go crazy and uh, don't don't get too um, wrapped up in things that go wrong you just you mentioned the beginning of the podcast about your failure to make it to a finish line it's not the end of the world mm-hmm. and you'll make it to the next one so um, the other thing that happened I think was cool in this was the American men and women both finished third in the uh, under 20 division the men have finished that high before but the women have never finished that high. And so uh, it was good to see the American young people doing well. So that's that's cool. All right, I'm going to leave you with a trivia question for next week. Running has an effect on the immune system. Does running increase the efficiency of the immune system or decrease it? Hmm. How's that for a question? If you know the answer to that question, you can send it to dean at runforgod.com. Be the first person to answer that question, and you will win uh, cash, basically, in the Run For God store. Mm -hmm. So be the first person to answer that, and um, we'll reward you with that. All right, I'm going to leave you with a motivational thought of the week. This one comes from Laird Hamilton. says, make sure your worst enemy doesn't live between your own two ears. That's a good one, isn't it? Where he likes to camp out sometimes. He does. He does. If that voice in your head starts to share negative things, shut him up. Mm-hmm. Um, if you hear negative things in your ear, know that it's not God, right? Right. God's going to have a positive thing to say, and so uh, when you hear negativity, realize you you've let somebody else in there besides Him. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. What a great week. What a great story for this week. Yeah. If, if you notice, I got quiet during this podcast. I just, I can't, and I'm just going to, and I'll shut up after this. If you're thinking about sharing your story, I mean, Jerry's story is one that she, she was, she was the last person to officially finish that race. I mean, I know what Bubba said about that, but she was the last person to cross the finish line in that mm-hmm. race. She's not the fastest. But her story absolutely rung my bell, and I have no doubt that it's going to do that for many others. So if you're out there and you're thinking, I'm not the fastest runner, nobody wants to hear my story, we do want to hear your story. Yeah. And, uh, Jerry, thank you so much for for sending this. I, I have to think that we're going to be throwing jokes around, you know, be a Bubba for somebody today. Yeah. I mean, and, and to Bubba, if, if yeah. he's out there listening, which I hope he does, thank you. For, for the encouragement that you give people. I, I, I looked, I kind of stalked him on Facebook a little bit, and he's a, he loves to sweep. Yeah. He, I think this was the fourth or fifth year that he swept the Big Beach Marathon. Um, so it makes me want to go do that, yeah. just so you can be a part yeah. of these types of stories. And so while the, while the front of the pack is inspiring and great and it's motivational, the cool thing about running is the back 
It's just yeah. as expiring, motivational, and encouraging. That is true. Yeah, I've been I've done some pacing of some marathons before, and I've been able to help some people to their go- their their goals mm-hmm. as a pacer. Uh, and yeah, it, it's when when you be above us. Because in that case, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just trying to be above us. All right, until next week, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, man. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.